0: Everybody good? Yeah. Yeah. Wait,
1: hold on one second. I drank a seltzer. It's not. We're good. She needs to be burped.
0: <laughs> we have some <laughs> experience. We
2: have two experience. <laughs> <laughs> such a funny picture. It's like somebody <laughs> sling me over their shoulder
1: like, <laughs> whack me with their whole arm. Anyway. All right,
0: home stretch. Here we go. You're listening to the Noon 15 Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cole, and I'll take you behind the scenes of Noon 15, an independent band writing, performing, and recording original music. This season, we'll talk about Noon 15's debut release, Volume 1, and get the story behind one song per episode, as well as the ups and downs of working around day jobs, babies, and band shakeups here in Ithaca, New York. At the end of each episode, you'll hear the song in its finished form. Thanks for listening, and welcome to Noon 15, the podcast. And welcome to the final episode of Volume 1, the release of Noon 15's first album. Track number 6 is Hang Me Out to Dry. now with Mandy Goldman, Samuel B. Lupowitz, Harry Nichols, and Joe Massa. And Hang Me Out to Dry has three songwriting credits, actually. Goldman, Lupowitz, and Massa. And to start with, how does that really work? Three people writing the song. What does that mean exactly?
1: I wrote this song uh, just me singing it to my iPhone, uh, Home Alone. Now it's late in
3: the evening I see familiar shapes at my window pane. I'm searching it for you, but I know what's true. My window's only good for looking through I really wanted
1: to make it into a song. Um and I, uh, I didn't I didn't have the tools yet. Sam was on tour at the time and I was like, I can't, I'm not gonna wait on this, I have to you know, be independent, except that I am totally codependent on someone else to finish the song. <laughs> I called uh, Joe and I uh, was like, maybe we can get together and played him the recording off my phone and sang a bunch of it to him and he would play and say like, how about this? How about that? Is this what you're hearing and cool.
2: My contribution came a little bit later uh, and I think Joe and Mandy had Close to ninety percent of the song done. I think I mostly came in and helped make final decisions about what some of the chord changes were gonna be, particularly in the bridge.
3: Oh no, I'm wrong. That's, no, you were right. I just oh, no, I, I called them on chord though. Uh, okay. I was like, ah, the bridge is
2: on
0: four.
2: part Mandy had the lyrics and melody Joe got it almost to the end before I uh, put any of my stamp on it
0: Does this song come from for you
1: so uh at the time that i wrote it sam had been touring a lot and uh i i was like that's that's very hard on a committed relationship even it's sure. just it's just a hard thing when you're missing someone and i was like i need something to channel these feelings into i knew our situation wasn't extreme like he was always going to come back in the door at the end of the day, like, when he got home. But, like, I was, like, if I really want to, like, channel all of this feeling of, like, loneliness and, like, uncertainty, like, I should just write this from the perspective of a character. I was thinking of it, like, I want it to be, like, really melancholy, like, like a Billie Holiday kind of melancholy, mm. like, <laughs> like, my man's never coming back okay. kind of thing. Yeah. I
3: don't know what to do. I can't- on you. I start to break, I start to make it right. but I'm still my
1: time. So I just kind of was like, Well, I'm gonna write from that perspective, like the most extreme this situation could be. Right. Yeah.
0: Some exaggerating in songwriting sometimes. Exactly, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a funny feel to it being at the end of the album like this because it's it's really, I, it's safe to say this is Mandy's song, right? I mean, she is obviously the star of this one. Was there a, and obviously you had a large presence on the other parts of the album as well, but was there like a conscious effort that like, we got to end this with one that's really all Mandy's or is it just the way it kind of fell together like that?
2: I don't know that it was that, we wanted it wanted to end the record with something that was all Mandy from a like writing or from role in the band perspective. I think it just kind of, it's such a dynamic, Mm -hmm. powerful song. I think it just lent itself to it in and of itself without having to think about any, any external meaning. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah.
1: We all like, like a sappy ballad closer. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) okay. yeah. 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 Like I don't, it's funny When I think of it, it's not an obvious influence, but, like, Ben Folds always closes his records with a lot of the early ones, especially with a really sad ballad closer. Okay. And I love that. Okay. I love that, leaving that taste in someone's mouth for whatever reason.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ooh! How much thought really went into this one first, this one second, this one third as you went through the album here like that?
2: We had a lot. I mean, we had a lot to choose from, actually. We we ha- definitely had more originals in our regular live set oh, yeah. uh, at the time that we were getting this all together. Uh, and so, I don't know, I kind of feel like we more or less were just picking you know, here and there, songs that we like, songs that we thought represented us. (laughs) Yeah, they're mostly earlier songs that we started working Mm -hmm. on. Dave Coulier came a little later, but they were all sort of songs that were a good snapshot of where we were when we started the band and and the direction we're pointing in, Mm -hmm. you know, as we continue to make more music. And so sort of at the same time as we we picked the songs, we said, you know, "These, these are the ones that we think we want to record. Now of these, what should be the order? yeah
0: Dave Collier, there was a note about um, using an upright piano from Lincoln Hall. This one used a grand piano from from a personal household. and so what what was it about those in particular that like that you couldn't get out of one of your keyboards, for example?
2: I like having a wide scope of sounds, but if you're going for a sound, I like it to be like make the sound on the thing that actually makes that sound yeah. as much as possible rather than an imitation. Um, and I use like all the hammond organ stuff is a, a digital emulation of that um you know it would have been tough to fit a B3 into the studio <laughs> that we recorded this in. but like i play i play an actual the, the Wurlitzer electric piano i play like i lugged that thing 40 year old beast into the studio and to our gigs because i i feel like it responds differently than a recording of someone else playing that instrument that i'm then manipulating right. so I didn't want to do acoustic piano unless we could really like get the sound of a piano in a room um, yeah, and for you know the Dave Coulier one, the upright piano I used had this nice sort of honky tonk quality that didn't uh, lend itself so well to this, so mm-hmm. I think I did do a track, but then we heard it, and we said ah it sounds sounds
0: a little uh, a little funky yeah and the the upright piano has a there's just a feel to it that goes well with that kind of song, that pace of a song, and everything. You know, it's like a...
2: especially when it's not quite in tune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 This needed the the grandeur, I think. Right. You mm-hmm. know, that Aretha Franklin sort of uh, that 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 depth.
0: Yeah. I was yeah.
1: set on it. I really that was I the sound I always wanted was the ring, especially like the ring of the bass notes on I mean, mm-hmm. the you but know, I'm yeah. Gone. we can only release one song. I still think it's the best thing I've written so far. And uh, it's also the song that I've gotten the most feedback from other people about. Mm. Like, oh, I want to listen to that. Um, And just, like, comes right from the heart. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, fortunately, you don't have to make that choice. (laughs) And we have a six-song album here. And we are, I think, finally ready to hear track number six. Hang Me Out to Dry off the album volume one, this is noon 15.
2: Yay. Yay. Thanks, Thank Dan. Dan. Yeah, thanks, man. Pleasure, I'm going to save that right now. <laughs> yeah, we can, save
0: we can it. clean up my remaining. Yeah. Thanks for making me a part of this, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah really
1: it was awesome. It. Such thoughtful questions.
3: Now it's late in the evening I see familiar shapes at my window pane. I searching it for you, but I know what's true. My window's only good for know the answer to when you're coming in when you leave again I'm staring at the door but I don't know what for
0: Thanks for listening to the Noon 15 Podcast. Visit noon15.com to subscribe and for more music, videos, and info on upcoming shows. If you like what you hear, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. Tune in next time for another trip behind the scenes with Noon 15.